Mr. Pop. <laughs> you know, I should do this better when I'm not looking at the chart. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello everyone and welcome to Ruck and Roll, the program, the podcast, the mini-series that asks the question why there are more Hanson brothers than Gallagher's Finns or Claptons, but we'll <laughs> contemplate that as we go along later. Hello to Mark Fine, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Kevin. It's lovely to see you finally and lovely to hear you. Of course, my week is always far less eventful than Brian Madison's, so let's get on to the drama, <laughs> the human headline himself. <laughs> yes, he is the human headline. Uh, and uh, at much expense to the management, he comes to us from a secret location because we haven't got a f- clue where he is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys of all ages, Brian Mannix. Well, uh, Kevin, funny, it's, it's been an interesting day. Um, had the uh, two ten flight to Coolangatta today, and um, somehow I ended up back in Airport West um, because um, oh, Coolangatta got flooded out. You know, I'm trying to leave the Melbourne sunshine to catch some decent rain, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. So I'm really enjoying the fact that um, I'm paying for a night's accommodation that I'm not going to use. Mm, so, and I was. And I'm staying at Daryl's tonight, and you know that's that's not you know that's not five star. Now, for those people who know you well enough to follow you on social media and Facebook and and uh, all those things, will know hmm. your friend Daryl because your friend Daryl's the one that you sit or used to sit with in your uh, dining room area and uh, and read the Herald uh, uh, Sun letters section. Letters, yes, together. and Daryl's. Got a unique personality, which I find very attractive. And, and Daryl, um, <laughs> Daryl, of course, I should say was out was our uh, Super Bowl uh, reporter just two weeks ago. That's right. He gave us an in-depth review of the Super Bowl entertainment. But really, Kev, I think you know, and I, I really hope that Finey has you know equipped himself for this week's show because what I'm more interested in is how the Chinese man (laughs) in the $10 shop is going because I listened back to last week's episode and, oh, God, that's the best story. That's, you know, the Chinese man finally. Did you go in there and have a chat to him this week? For God's sake, I hope you did. I certainly did, Brian. Oh, Oh, great. no. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Would you like to tell us what happened, or was it too early yet, Kev? So I went in there. I went in there, and he goes, "I know who you are. Don't you come here to waste time on money?" I said, "Settle down, mate. Settle down." He goes, "You only come here to cause trouble. You're only coming here to cause trouble." I said, "I'm not here to cause trouble. I'm here on the way to the TAB." He goes, "He goes, ah, you and you know money. Said you got that news, money." I said, hang on, I haven't been there yet. How do you know I'm going to lose money? Because everybody knows money at TAB. <laughs> even worse things, worse things don't to go to pokies. Oh, I'm not going to the pokies. He goes, that's where my wife goes. <laughs> I said, well, then you know only too well how bad the pokies are. But she don't only take $10, $20. I said, that's what she tells you. <laughs> exactly right. And he goes, he goes, I don't give her more than that money. I said, if she was sitting here now, you know what you'd say to her? You'd say, <laughs> but 
in fact, <laughs> you keep an eye on her because the pokies are much worse than TAB. He goes, and he's laughing. He goes, ah, go to TAB. Go, 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 go. And he was right. I lost. <laughs> uh, goodness me. Uh, Did you buy anything while you were there at his shop or not? No, he just was laughing at a good laugh. He got the TAB. It was funny. <laughs> Uh, must, oh, must I love this guy. I listened to the show driving down to Geelong the other on Saturday morning, and I almost drove off the road about four times. It was, uh, yes, I did find that very, very amusing. Uh, and, but, and, I want to make something clear. Yes, the, the bloke is funny, not his accent. I'm just talking like him because it'd be stupid not to talk like him. Yeah, but no. no he, it's he, he gives as good as he gets. I'll tell you. Oh no, I gather that. I gather he doesn't let you get away with much. Oh no! But he, but this time straight away, I know you. You're wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, you're not going to spend any money in my shop. So quite rightly, you can piss right off. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be called a good singer ever again. <laughs> Do you know his name, Fanny? Pardon? Do you know his name, or should we not say it? No, I, re- I don't. Reckon- oh, I don't know his name personally. I, uh, all I know is he's the last man standing in the two dollar shop wore down. And funnily enough, he knew that small fact, which is, uh, you know, very enlightening. Uh, that was my favourite thing you said. I don't cook your spring roll. I can't. I got no permit. <laughs> which, I love this. Job. Which almost invites you to say, but if I did want a spring roll, could you help me out? It's almost like you know. You know what? I, this guy's great because he runs two dollar shops the way all two dollar shops should be run. I mean, they are full. They're an Aladdin's cave of, of rubbish. But, yeah. but there should be somebody <laughs> outside pulling you in. I mean. Yeah, I'd say more power to him. He is my two dollar shop man. If ever I need, if ever I need anything that works once and then completely falls to pieces, I'm going to him. I'd like a dollar for every uh, pump for a football or a soccer ball or a a bike tire that I've bought from a two dollar shop. That is exactly what you said. Lasted for one pump. That's the last time it ever worked. Oh yeah, every. I told you they they somehow managed to de-engineer the pa- that sticky paper you use to pick up dog hair off couches. Yeah, the lint things, the lint rollers. Yeah, somehow they were able to manufacture one that leaves leaves more more sticky rubbish on the couch than picks up hair. Yeah. I, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, I tell you what I do buy from. I buy the big shoebox things that I um I put all my receipts and everything in as I go during the year, but they cost me about 12 bucks. It's the most expensive box you'd ever – I don't reckon I'll be buried in a box that'll cost as much as what I've spent on boxes at the $2 shop. I'll spend well, a bit of money on boxes, kids. Thank you, Brian. You get, you get up the Oriental plum, mate. It's very expensive. Now, Brian, tell, give, us a bit more, give, uh, give us a bit more information about your day. So what happened? You tried, you, you're trying to flee the, uh, the state before yeah, everyone well, catches was, up with it. There was too much. There was too much sun in Melbourne for me. I needed to get where the rain was, so I'm flying to Coolangatta where the rain was flowing beautifully. 
But it flowed so beautifully that Coolangatta Airport got flooded out. They cancelled about five flights. Mine was still going. So they loaded us onto the plane and it was like, we're going to wait another 20 minutes. We're going to wait another. So we're on the plane for about an hour and a half, but they did give us a glass of water. And um, I watched most of a movie called High Ground, which is very good, actually. I'd recommend it. Um, and then they said, look, get off the plane. We'll let you know at 5. And then we were going to be going at 5.30, and then it was like, nah, piss off. So I'm, I spoke to some other passenger, and he said that they will text me when they've rescheduled me. So God knows. But, um, oh, you don't get to pick when you fly again. They tell you. Well, I guess. Look, they'll probably put extra flights on if they can fly in tomorrow. I believe it's 29 and um, no rain tomorrow, so hopefully they'll get the airport open. But um, otherwise, you might have to start thinking about flying to Brisbane and getting the train down. Um, I don't know. It's sort of it's in Mother um, Nature's hands. Weren't you flying, though, with the Fantasy Island Airways with Mr Rourke and Tattoo? Weren't you on the, it's a plane, it's a plane? You have very good singing voice. <laughs> you very good singer. <laughs> Weren't you on the? Haven't you got the would, wouldn't you get a seaplane into Corumbin? Wouldn't that work? Well, I reckon I might have to look into that, Ted. That's a very uh, intuitive idea. Yeah. Okay. And my vocab tonight, loving it. You know what? Which way you should go? What's that? You, you should take the seaplane to Stradbroke Island, and then the big what was it? The big. The rubber duck, the mighty duck. There was some tourist thing where you caught this big amphibious craft called the the duck or something. Yes, the an army duck. Was that on Stratty? Yeah. <laughs> Go on that. that. That'd be good. Oh, was it shaped like a duck or was it an army duck? It, uh, it was an army duck, but it had duck feet or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Queensland. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be, I'd, I'd be into that. That'd be called the big duck in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, it was the big duck. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably call it something different. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Now, I know you'll all be shocked uh, by the uh, the news during the week of, that uh, there's a new book out about Bob Hawke and there's amazing revelations about Bob's private life. What's happened? Well, this bloke's done a book and there's amazing revelations about Bob's private life. He apparently had an enormous appetite. For the rooting? For the for the sexual uh, adventures of Bob Hawke, just for rooter, he loved it. Apparently, he's a rooter. He's a mad rooter. I read. I read. I read. Um, uh, what's uh, Tracy Grimshaw's? Not Tracy Grimshaw. The girl on the project that used to work with Carl uh, Stefanovic. Her name, Lisa Wilkinson. Yeah, you know, her husband. You know the red bandana thing. Peter Fitzsimons. Well, he wrote a book. Uh, a couple of years ago, that Bob or that similar stuff. It was called Mad Rooter. And um, so I'm, I'm all over this. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. If you haven't read Mad Rooter, I think they're turning it into a movie, but I don't know if it'll be available for public release. Oh, it'll be on the Disney Channel next to Tommy and Pam. Well, well, yes. Yeah. Can you tell me about the mad rooting of Bob Hawke? Well, they yes. just talked about uh, the amount of women that he had on the on the go at any one given time was um, quite unbelievable, including, of course, his his wife Hazel and uh, and at one stage Blanche, who turned out to be his wife, but was his biographer there for a while, yeah. and his personal yeah. assistant, uh, I think a woman called Jean something, um, she was on she the loved. go, 
And then she loved it. Then there was. Would you stop that? Then there was. Well, like that. No, then there was a lot of uh, stories referencing John Brown. Remember John Brown? Of course, he didn't have sex with John. No, he Brown, didn't did have he? sex. Why, why no, would you suggest no, that he was gay? No, I, I didn't. No, Brian, please. Um, <laughs> before you get us all sued again. Uh, well, you're the one saying that he was rooting John no, Brown. No, I did not. not. I said there was a lot of uh, talking about uh, he and John Brown being out together a lot and uh, and Bob sort of going, hey, get her number for me, get her number for me. And John, oh. Brown, John Brown, of course, was famous and has publicly admitted that he and his wife, Jan Murray, um, did it on the desk in Parliament House. Well, it wasn't a bed. Where else are they going to go? Uh, that uh, anybody that doesn't rent uh, Jan Murray uh, is a bum. Oh, goodness me. Good show, so far. Oh, you may notice we're, we're recording this one a little later than normal. Uh, it's being recorded in the adults-only time slot, so... Well, any... blame, blame Virgin Airlines. Okay. There's always a virgin to blame, Brian. Yeah, oh, they don't stay that way. Uh, speaking of which, Britney Spears. Tw- oh. $20 million Simon mm-hmm. and Schuster are giving her um, for her memoir. No, it's, well, for, it's for her fir- twenty million for her first book, <laughs> and it, and if she reads another one, she'll get five million. Beautifully done. So twenty million for John and Betty. Well, twenty million. <laughs> C spot jump. Yep. C spot run. C spot. I'd do that. What was that? I'd was do it? that for ten bucks. No, it was Dick and Jane. It wasn't Betty. It was Dick and Jane. I had a bit of Robert Betty, but Dick and Jane, I remember that. Did they have spot? They did. C-spot jump, C-spot run. C-spot. What, what was the cat's name? Oh, I don't remember the cat, but I remember the bit where it said C-spot Dick Jane, and then you go, what? Hang on. Is that is that what you yeah. guys read to learn how to read? Yes. Do you know yeah, what I read? Spotty Dick up Jane. Yeah. No, what right. you, Do you know what, what I read? What? Tara's bull bar. Mare, five years old, brown. Same <laughs> boat. Stuart Meggs Elkington. Last start fourth, Wellington beating four point five lengths, track good. <laughs> the Winner, Arch Ferdinand. The form ten guy. to nine. Ten to nine, five to four, seven to four SP. Now that's how I learned to read. Yes. And you're a very good reader, Finey. An exceptional yes, An exceptionally good reader. Uh, yes. well, I'll tell you, while we're talking literature, which is a pleasant change because, you know, we normally just sport, but today we're getting a bit cultured and mm. speaking of literature. So while I was going through my house, um, I found a copy of a wonderful book called Little Black Sambo. What? Are you, fam- are you familiar with the story of Little Black Sambo? I'm pretty sure not. Oh, well, Little Black Sambo's there and there's Mumbo Sambo and there's Jumbo Sambo and Little Black Sambo's got some new clothes and he ends up getting chased by tigers. So he climbs up the tree and he loses his clothes. So the tigers run so fast around the tree that they turn into butter. I don't know who wrote this thing. They're on better acid than me. <laughs> but anyway, it, um, 
then they make all the pancakes with the butter and Jumbo has 65 and Mumbo has 45 and Little Black Sambo has 122 pancakes. So it's not really a great book on any respect. And it was banned, I don't know, many years ago because Little Black Sambo, it's just, it's just disgraceful. But I found a copy of it at my house. Mm-hmm. You know, I was by my bedside table. I read it every night. No. Anyway, my mate Daryl, his daughter is oh, so politically fucking correct, right? And so I said, oh, look, would you want to, you know, because you've got the grandkids there and they, they live just down the road from me or where I, you did live. I said, would, would you want to give him a copy? She said, oh, yeah, I'll give him a copy of that. So he's taken it down and said, oh, the kids might want to read this, oh, which which was, you know, a very punk rock thing to do. That should upset somebody. Little Black Samba. Mm. I think they'd make a movie out of it today. And how did that go down with Daryl's daughter? Um, I don't think the kids have had it read to them yet. Oh, big surprise there, Brian. Maybe they're waiting for Easter or, Easter. you know, the a special occasion. <laughs> the traditional time to read. <laughs> the traditional <laughs> time to, to read. <laughs> Little Black Sambo is, of course, uh, Good Friday. A euphemism for Jesus on the cross. Well, it's pretty similar. The tiger's spinning around yes. and turning into butter. Yeah. It's a miracle. Yes. They turn the tigers into into butter, whereas you know, all Jesus could do was water into wine. What a, what a disappointment. Yeah. And I reckon he pulled that trick more than once. I reckon him and the apostles were a bunch of pisses. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. There's some more water in a wine. Let's get shit-faced again. Now, speaking yeah, of which. Which was in fact Collins that used to turn beer into water. Jack, in oh, yeah, I can. yeah, I can do that. Now, I have the top ten from uh, this chart that we're going to do tonight, uh, oh, today, yeah. in this episode. Cool. It's 20th of August, 1902. So here's the top ten that you're dealing with uh, this week, boys. Number right. ten, House of Fun by Madness. Number nine, cool. Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band. Number eight, I Ran by a Flock of Seagulls. Mm. Seven, Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Can't quite work Hello. out why that was in there. Uh, it's 1982. I didn't realise it had a second run as a top ten hit in the 80s after it had done it in the 70s, but anyway. Is it is I? Number six is Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. Number five is Hurt So Good by John Cougar. Number four, Girl Crazy by Hot Chocolate. Number three, The Other Woman by Ray Parker Jr. Number two is Radio by The Members. And number one is Goody Two Shoes by Adam Ant. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, it's not the name of the album. No, no. I'm sure, the album, I'm sure the album was called something else. That's what it should have been called. Yes, it probably should have. And I'm, when we get to our good and bad uh, three, two, and one, uh, we will uh, no okay. doubt hear about goody two shoes from you, Mr. Mannix. Now, uh, now hold your applause till the end of this because uh, the amount of people who have died in the last week is quite unbelievable. And many of them I do want to actually uh, talk to you two about. Because okay. some of them were, you know, significant losses for our generation in terms of what they what they brought to the table, and uh, none more significant than the late great John Landy, who died during the week at the age of mm-hmm. uh, at the age of ninety one. Um, won a bronze medal at the fifty six Olympics, was governor of Victoria for a number of years, but I reckon I can't think of anything that gazumps him for the greatest show of sportsmanship. Ever witnessed in in well, not, well, it wasn't professional sport, but ever witnessed on a on a big stage when he went back at the I think it was the World Championships after Ron Clark fell and helped him up, and then they continued to run against each other to finish the race <laughs> off. 
I reckon that's probably the one of the greatest shows of sportsmanship I've ever seen. I was thinking how wonderful it was in those days of the Lily Whites, the Amateurs, and what a great person John Landy was, universally loved and respected. But if that happened today and somebody did it, with all the betting on sport, there would be think, oh, that bastard, why has he done that? You know, or this is fixed or this Jeez, or that. you're right, really, you know. It really muddies the waters, the old betting on sport. You're absolutely right. Remember when, uh, who's the South African girl who clipped the... Zola Bug. That's right, yes. Even if that happened today, imagine the outcry about the, from the betting people now that they're with all the... Yeah, good point, funny. But he was a, he was a, a tr- truly a, a great loss was uh, John Landy. Um, others, now, last week on this podcast, we were talking about on the buses. Yes. Yes. And we're talking about different characters and on the buses, and uh, most mostly we were talking about Olive, who of course was the sister. Um, we and uh, you uh, did that terrific uh, gag about her walking up the thing and not seeing her undies, and she said, "No, I'm not wearing any." Well, it was fantastic. She died the next day, uh, tragically. Tra- no, no, tragically in a house fire. Her name was Anna Karen. She was 85. And uh, uh, and so once again, we've killed somebody else. We've mozzed someone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which was not good. Um, the amazing, oh, the amazing bad. Jonathan died at the age of sixty-three. Um, well, I used to fill your balls down your esophagus. It's probably going to shorten your life. Well, yeah, he did do some weird, wonderful things as a magician. Crazy. Pencils up his nose, and God knows how he treated his bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I don't even want to think about that. No, but, um, Thanks for bringing He was up. entertaining and that's sad. But, you know, really the things he did to his body is probably worse than Keith Richards has ever done. Well, that's probably an exaggeration. That's, I was going to say, that's probably taken a – you've just gone a bit too far with that one. Um, hot lips from the movie MASH, Sally Kellerman. She died at the age of 84 during the week. Um, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was nice. She had big lips. She was a very, very good actress, actually. And, and no, not the red sweet, Helen Kellerman, yeah. Sally. No, I, yeah. Sally Kellerman. Look, I, Helen Kellerman couldn't see. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, she couldn't find me. Uh, Gary Brooker, the singer of Procol Harum and uh, one of the writers, he died at the age of 76. Now, I know I've said on this podcast a lot of times, I don't like A Wider Shade of Pale. And I oh, don't. It's a great song. Yeah, I don't like it, but I know it is a great song. <laughs> Even though I don't like it, I know it's a great song. Conquistador, I think, was a, a magnificent piece of music. Um, so it was said that he uh, passed away at the age of uh, seventy-six. A girl who uh, did, a, who I work with a little bit, but did uh, a lot to to break down the shackles for female journalism in sport in this city. Kate Payton passed away at the age of fifty-three last week, which is very sad. Gee, that's young. Yeah, 53. It is. Yeah, she had brain cancer, unfortunately, which she battled with for a few years. Very sad. Yeah. Oh, terrible. And she uh, she really did. She was one of those women who really did forge a path for many of the women who are getting great jobs now. And it's because Kate knocked down a fair few walls with a few of the other females at the time. And does she leave behind a family and stuff? Yep. Or yep. she just, oh, that's bad. No, no, no. She had uh, four children, three or four children, I think. Uh, and, and a partner and that. So, yeah, she was living up on the northern New South Wales coast and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, at the age well, of 53, is just too young. God. You know, that's, yeah, especially the kids. Like when my dad died, he was about 62, 63. And, you know, me and my brother felt ripped off, 
You know, it's like, no, nah, we should have got more out of him than that. Yeah. But for 52, gee whiz, yep. that's, that's sad. Yep. But well done, Kate. Kicked yeah. down a few doors. She did. Great. She did. Uh, now, sporting-wise, we haven't talked much about sport. We're not far away from the first round of the footy. Uh, you're pumped about St Kilda finally or you you kind of... No, nah, not really. Not not pumped. Not what are you what are you expecting? Um, not a lot to be honest. I, I don't know. Look, I mean, it's an open-ended thing, the football competition. But my focus has been elsewhere. So I guess this year, more than any other, almost ever, I'm not that focused on the footy. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. That's how it is. So. Yeah, oh, I think I think COVID's taken away a lot of that as well. I mean, I know you've got a business that you're now running, which when, when you start to do that sort of stuff, it does take the importance of football in your life, puts it back a, a couple of notches. But I think COVID's knocked everyone's um, real uh, attachment to the footy. We might get it back this year well, if we well, get to go to games. Well, well, speak for yourselves, fellas. Um, right. I have been heavily invested in the progress of the Essendon Football Club. Is that right? And I'm liking what I see. Is that Nick right? Nick thinks we can win the flag. Is I that think right? We can. I think we can win it. I don't say we will, but I think it's possible. And I haven't been able to say that for 20 years. Okay, Brian. So, so that's good. But I did go to watch them play the other day when they played the dog. I was going to bring that up. Have I told you about this? Well, yeah, I'm aware of what happened. I went to see Tommy, the musical, the night before, mm. and I was on a date, so that was great. Then we went to dinner afterwards, and then we Man, had another whoa, thing. Whoa, 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 back the truck up. What? You're on a date? Well, you know, you go to these opening nights, you got to have a girl with you. Well, I thought and, you were um, taking Sue Stanley until she... Um, well, Sue Stanley had to have a spinalist operation. Until she was hospitalised. So she was in hospital. I thought she was bullshitting, just didn't want to come. But then I saw the picture of her in hospital. I thought, oh, well, she probably did want to come. So that's good. She's a lovely girl. She's great to hang around. She's a ripper. So anyway, oh, I hope Mary Ann's not listening to this, but my ex-hairdresser, Mary Ann, mm-hmm. um, well, I, I took her and we had a lovely evening. Mm-hmm. But the evening didn't finish till about 4 o'clock in the morning and then – when I woke up, I had to be up at 9 o'clock because I had a doctor's appointment and I was incredibly tired. But then I went down to the Bombers, down the Tullamarine, to see the Bombers take on the Bulldogs, got there about halfway through the second quarter and um, there was nothing that I saw that made me super impressed about either team. I think they were just giving everybody a run. And then as I was there, I thought, yeah, I'm tired. I might just sit down for a minute. Yes. And then I thought, oh, I may just lie down. And then I lay down and I thought, oh, I probably should get a bit of a tan on my gut so I held my shirt up so that my guts were in the sun. And then I fell asleep. And then I, I said to my brother, who was standing right next to me, he said, I must have looked like the biggest Dero ever. And he goes, well... Yeah, I was trying to get a sneaky picture of you, of you, and then in the end I just took one and he showed me the picture of myself. You look like – I look like somebody should be sleeping out front of like a Flinders Street station. Yep. Um, not good. So basically 
I slept through a football game. Now, I don't think many people can say that, but I did. I just had a little snooze and um, every now and then I'd hear a cheer and think, well, that must be the Bombers getting a goal. But um, So that's my in-depth analysis of sports of this week. So you've never been more pumped about the Bombers' chances based on that uh, experience? I think we will... Might not start off too well, but I think we will be in the eight by round 15. Just uh, give us, because at the end of that game, uh, Essendon uh, uh, signed two new players, one who has a very famous surname called Wanganine. What, what, were, yeah. your, what were your thoughts on young Tex? Well, he's come on for 30 minutes or for one quarter and he's kicked two goals. And, you know, if he's anything like his dad, he's going to be a superstar. I think he's... You know, we're probably not going to see the best of him for a year or two, but um, no, I'm excited, and I love the fact that we've got a Wangadeen, and we might have a herd coming through in the next couple of years. So, um, no, I, you know, I'm really sad that I, because I heard my mail is that Tipper won't play another game for Essendon. Um, Essendon's not saying that because, well, why would you? He sells a lot of memberships. He sells most of the merchandise. So, but my mail is that Tipper will not play another game for Essendon. I hope it's as in he won't come. He won't come home. He won't come. Leave home and come. Well, the paper reported that you know he trained with the team for an hour before the intra club match. But my mail was that he went down and watched training. Um, Now, you know, I hope my mail is wrong. But my mail says that no. He's done. He will not play another game for Essendon. I hate to break people's hearts, and hopefully it's not true, but that's what I've heard. That would be a shame if that's the case. And and it comes from a really, it comes from a really, really good source. Okay. Well, we hope that's not true, but uh, yeah. Um, as finally just said, sometimes you got to put uh, football is not the most important thing going on in your life. You have to uh, you have to make adjustments. Which is what Fonny's oh, doing look, with his know, screen if, as we speak. If his if his mental health is not right, then it's got to be that. But um, he came back; he looked pretty overweight. But anyway, look, you know, I wish him well. He's been a great inspiration for a team that's had. You know, he's been the highlight for us over the last couple of years when we've been shit out. And you just go, oh, look at the magic of Ch- Tipper, yep. and he's a great inspiration. You know, his movie is. The blind side, you know, he's, he couldn't even speak English, comes down to Melbourne, works hard, gets a spot, off he goes, and, you know, good luck to him. But, you know, it's a big journey and, you know, maybe it's just a bit overwhelming for him. Yeah, but, well, um, not, he's not the first that that's happened to and he certainly he probably won't be the last that that's happened to too. Well, he's probably the most popular player in the Bombers. All the kids love him. Um and, you know, all my mates, we love Tipper. Tipper's the no, best. I, I think footy supporters love him. I, I love watching him play. Yeah, I think you don't even have to bury for Essendon to like watching Tipper. No. Because he looks like he should be in the Avengers. Well, I think there's... You know, there's, there's, there's Iron Man, the Hulk, there's Tipper, yep. and there's Captain America next to him. Would not look out of place at all. There's been a few, uh, and particularly some of the Indigenous players over the years, it doesn't matter what club you're buried for, to watch a Nicky Winmar running around... Whatever jumper he had on, he was he, Eddie, was, he was just something else. Eddie Betts, Cyril Rioli, oh, Michael Long, ah, uh, yeah, name hundreds um, of them. 
You you would have. Nah. Had, I know you had a few at St Kilda, uh, finally. But they're, they're you know the Cracker Brothers. They're, they're just they're, they're nah. magic, magical, magical players to watch. The vision they have is great. Yep, funny. Very hard to win a flag without two or three good Indigenous players. You have a look at the teams that have won it over the last 20, 30 years. You just you can't do everything by the script, and it's that brilliance that gets teams over the line. Look at Rioli for Hawthorne. I mean. Edwards and John oh, Richmond have been blessed with a number of good Indigenous players, may I say. Yep. Uh, West, West Coast had Matera, Adelaide, of course, McLeod. You know, it, it, it's a key component of winning a premiership is having good Indigenous players. It really is. Yep. Yep, there's not too many that haven't over, over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Very good call. Anything else yeah. anyone wants to bring up before we get to our chart? Uh, have you finished on that, Brian? Sorry. No, no, I'm good, and I'm doing the chart differently tonight, uh, Kev. A little bit of a twist to the chart. Okay. Okay, because my technology is not up to scratch tonight, as you're well aware, because, you know, I'm, I've got all my bags and I'm sort of ready to go to Queensland and now I'm here and the computer's sort of not you, working and blah, 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 so I'm on the phone. Just bang out so, a little verse of leaving on a jet plane for us, Brian, will you? As long as Spiney tells me I'm very good singer afterwards. <laughs> oh, my bags is packed. I'm ready to go. Standing here outside your door. Already I'm so lonesome I could die. Now I want Spiney. I think we've lost him, actually. <laughs> it's not that he doesn't think you're a very good singer, Brian. It's just that the I whole think. point was to hear, oh, you're bad good singer. <laughs> that was the funniest part of last week's show. You got a lovely voice. And you are. You have a lovely voice. Yes. Oh, God. Yes, I love I want to get him on the show, kid. Oh, no, I don't. No. <laughs> no, no I was just having a quick – we'll get him on Life of Brian. We'll have a quick interview with him and he can talk to us about his store. Mm. You know, why should we get, you know, just a 10-minute section, we get have him on and he can – Tell us about that, and he could plug his store. That'd be, I reckon, that might be good entertainment. I'm just, I'm writing this down on the back of the uh, of the chart that we're using this week. Get Finey's mate on, uh, so we'll uh, we'll put that on the uh, the list of agenda items before the next program. Well, what I'm going to do tonight, Kev, while we're waiting for Finey to rejoin us, I'm going to tell you about this. I'm doing a blind chart tonight. Now, you know that I don't do enough research on this, but tonight I'm not even going to look at the chart. I'm going to call numbers. You're going to tell me what they are, and I'll tell you whether it's my best or my worst and why they are. How does that sound? All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm willing to try anything once or twice. We'll try it once, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got bags of freaking clothes everywhere and you know, Daryl's asleep and I've got to be quiet and he doesn't have Netflix or anything. And, uh, yeah, it's not. Oh, you know, you're, gee, when we finish recording this program, you're going to be bored to death, Nelly. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm glad it's a late night recording. <laughs> so, Is there any sign of finding? No, not uh, not back with us as yet, but we're, hopefully we'll get well, in. Well, should we start the chart without him and you and me can go first? Yes. Right. At least you've got something to chat about. No, um, no, no. Finey's back, so we're going to start the chart now, Finey. You're right to all go. All right. Oh, God, that was amazing. 
Now I've got to say, <laughs> now I've got to say that Finey is. This is the most excited Finey has ever been about the chart in terms of. There's a song he is is ready to kill to talk about. Um, so I'll let Brian go first, fine, if that's right. You know, he's just explained to everyone while you were unfortunately offline that he's doing the chart blind. So he's going to throw a number to me, I'm going to tell him the song, and then he's going to tell me whether it's in his good or bad. Okay. Okay. So, Brian, number three, uh, bad, and number three, good. Uh, what numbers do you want to throw at me? Well, let's have a look at number 38, then, Jeff. Number 38 would be, it ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. By Funboy Three with Banana Rama. Right. Well, this is obviously my third worst. Funboy Three. Well, you just want to punch him in the face for having that name, don't you? Not that I'm promoting violence. Mm. Funboy Three and Banana Rama. You know, this is just a sex party that's happened to make a record, and that's what it sounds like. It just sounds like they all got on the ecstasy. They had a root. <laughs> Banana Rama, Fun Boy Three, they went nuts, mm. and then happened to knock out this piece of shit, and that's why it's number thirty-eight. Yep. Well, if that's no, what okay. if that's what uh, drugs and sex do you, this is a wonderful advertisement for staying away from both of those two things. Well, you know, they, it works for Keith Richards. It does not work for Fun Boy Three. And banana run. Fair enough. All right, so, now throw a number at me now for your, for your number three good. My number three good is number 12, Kev. Number 12, If You Want My Love by Cheap Trick. Oh, well, there you go. It's a Beatles song. Fantastic. You know, if you want my love, you got it. Great song. Absolutely fantastic. And there was a little bit of... Controversy with this song. So this is for my friend that says I have to give details as to why I like the song. Mm-hmm. But they reckon it was Yes indeed you were a mystery girl. Oh yeah. Funny. Yes. They reckon it's a bit of a rip off of um a George Harrison song. Um I can't remember which one. Well but that's all right. I don't, George Harrison ripped off plenty of his own songs, so fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. He's still fine. But finally, before you got cut off, I was really hanging for you to hear say, oh, you have your boy. <laughs> so just keep that in mind as this segment progresses. Right, so number number three good for you is If You Want My Love by Cheap Trick, and uh, they're about to tour. Uh, the, uh, the tour Under the Southern Stars is on, and they will be here very, very soon. Cheap Trick. Our very good friend, Robin Zander, very good friends with us. He's and soon to be another very good friend of ours is uh, Mr Tom Peterson, the bass player, so we're going to talk to him as well. Well, you know, between Alice Cooper, Nicky Dines and Johnny Rotten, we've got some great friends, Jeff. We have. We've got a very good friend in Mark Fine who wants to give us his number three bad and his number three good from this chart from, okay. from 1982, this is. Okay. Now, my number three bad, I don't like doing this, but it's a dead heat because it's, again, for the same reason of betrayal. When there's a band I really like or a singer that I like and they come out with a track that is so directly opposite to what they're expected to do and commercially viable as it may be, it makes me sick. So... When Madness brought out House of Fun, it was a not what I wanted, and it headed the, it took them down a path that ended up with, you know, songs like um, what was it, Our House in the Middle of the Street? Oh House yeah. Of Fun is, 
Yeah. Our started the problems. Welcome to the house. Yeah, yeah. And Joan Jett singing Crimson and Clover, you know, really. Yeah, another Tommy right? James and the Shondell. Tommy James and the Shondell must have more covers done of his songs than anybody, and they all are shit outs. Yeah. Well, how did she sing Crimson and yeah. Clover? Yeah, My career is over. <laughs> you are Lally Voice. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I know that. But, um, yeah, uh, so that gets my bad. Yeah, no, that's a good good double act, that one. Uh, madness yeah. into, uh, into Joan Jett. And what's your good one? I know, a bit of a surprise here, but I actually really think this song's got a bit of sass, you know. It's a bit sassy, mm-hmm. and it's I know what boys like by the waitresses. Yeah, oh, I like that song. Yeah, I think it's good. I know what boys like. I reckon it's got. I reckon it's a bit sassy and a bit cool. If I was a girl back in 1982, I would have liked that song. Yep, yep, I agree. Well, I agree. I've got I've got a little story about that song. In that, when I do my countdown play, some years I don't get a song. And I was lacking a girl song, and I got that song. So I had Angie Stapleton play that part, and she just looked exactly the same as the girl. But one of the tricks we had, we had some undies made up for her so that it said no between her legs. So she's been all sexy, and when she'd open her legs, it'd say no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I thought, Angie, it's a terrific sport. She said, yeah, I'll do that. And I go, She's such a great talent. Anyway, my apologies. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, my number three, that's a good one, uh, Finding. I like that. My number three, Bad. Oh, there's so many to choose from, but I'm going to uh-huh. actually, I'm going to go with this one because I didn't like the song and then when I I looked at the chart and I looked at number 25 and I went, Vocation. I don't remember the Go-Go's doing a song called Vocation. So then I typed it up on the Google today and look and it's Vacation. So not only was the whoever was proofreading the 3XY chart in uh, uh, 1982, and I was there then. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was your fault. Kid. No, no, it wasn't mine. It's obviously someone who was on the piss. Uh, put vocation. Uh, that'd be you, kid. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> I was on the piss then, but I, no, I wasn't. In Why char- did you fuck up the I chart? I wasn't you in charge of the thought- chart. No, I reckon you were. No, I wasn't. No, not. Why not, do reckon you were? Not in 82. Why do you Finding you fucked it all up, yeah, and okay, that's where I got it from. But anyway, go on. It's yeah, most right. interesting. So I'm putting it there because <laughs> vocation is a job, and uh, and proofreading a uh, a chart is a job, and you should have done a better job than that. So, and it is an ordinary song too. So my number three bad uh, is vacation by the Gagas or the Go Go's, as it should be. And my number three oh. good, there's a lot of lot of songs here. There's nothing on this chart. And I know you're different to me on this, Finding. There's nothing on this chart. That I love, um, that would make my top, you know, songs. But there's some songs on here I really do like. Uh, Monkey Grip at number 28 was a bit confusing because I couldn't remember a divinal song called Monkey Grip. But of course, it's the EP, the extended EP of the soundtrack, which has six songs on it. All of them are terrific. So I, I sort of left that one out. But I'm going to go with um, number 24 which is down Ooh. on the border from the Little River Band as my uh, oh. as my number three. That's that's the Little River Band with Steve Housed and Wayne Nelson, um, Farnham on vocals. Uh, uh, Beeb and Graham was still in the band then and Derek Polici was on drums, so not a bad lineup. but uh, that's my number three down on the border. Can I tell you a, a slightly crude anecdote about that song? 
Well, you, what would, why would, how, how could I stop you? Okay. Well, um, on my 21st birthday. Um, 1982. The, yeah, Lucky Phil had some girl that was just, he spent most of my 21st in the car arguing with her. Doing it about five in the morning, all my roadies had been there, so they made sure it went till five or six in the morning. Mm. And I was making love to a beautiful girl called Mimi. And uh, hello, Mimi, if you're listening. Hope your husband's not. Anyway, so then Lucky Phil, he's finally come in and he's fired up and he's pissed. And I'm there with the girl and he's outside the window. Certainly the blinds are down and he's going, I just went down on your daughter. Oh. And from what I thought she was a dirty whore on your daughter. Oh, and delightful. that's one of the strongest memories of my 21st birthday. Uh, so sorry for sharing that with everybody, no, but I just, I've just got to be me. Yep, fair enough. Let's get mm. to your number two, good and bad. Brian, what numbers are you throwing at me now? Well, I think we'll have a look at um, we've done 12, we've done 38. I've got a bit of a feeling about number eight. No, we've done that. No, 23. 23, ladies and gentlemen, is Jokers and Queens by John English and Marsha Hines. Well, okay. Um, is this bad? I think it's bad. Mm. Look, I love John English and Marsh is a great singer. But, um, you know, this is not rock and roll. This is just um, they're both managed by the same person. It's a, it's a milk for money. Um, John's a great songwriter. Look, it's not the worst song in the world, but it's just it doesn't tick any boxes for me. Wasn't this stage show? Wasn't it uh, like a theme song from a stage show that they were going to put together? Well, did they put it together, Kev? I can't remember. That's right. That's the whole point, Kev. Nobody can remember. If they did put it together, it was not successful. But um, no disrespect to the late John English. He's a great man and a great talent. Yep. And some great songs. This is not one of his best ones. And Marsha, same thing, you know. I've almost forgiven her for... Your love, still bring, your love still brings me to my knees. Yeah. You know, that can only mean one thing, and I think it's disgusting. And, Kevin, you played it on the radio. Mm, many times. You know, why, why would you do that? Because it was in a box in the studio and I had to take from the front and put to the back. Yeah, but what about the young kids listening at home? Your love still they were ringing up asking. to my knees. They were ringing up asking for it. They just wanted us to announce it. They didn't want us to actually play the song. Right, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So chuck your number two good number at me. Oh, that's, of course, uh, number 37. 37 is? No, it can't be. No, I doubt it will be. But let's, I'll have to make it sound good. Uh, you can't. You can't. If you can make this sound good, you're a, you're, a, you're a magician because number 37 is I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow. Oh, look. This broke down the wall. You know, punk rock was getting old. Malcolm McLaren came in and said, right, we've got to kick music up the arse again. Bought in Bow Wow Wow. I want candy. Look, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but you've got to respect the fact that it said, damn it, I'm going to be different to whatever's going on. And that's brave. 
So whether you like the song or not, you've got to admire its bravery. How was that? <laughs> no, you're not a magician. Sorry, you can't make <laughs> you, you, you can't make anything nice out. You can't. You, you couldn't polish that turd any more and not do anything with it. It is just. It's an awful, awful song. Awful. Don't you think I'd be a good politician though if yeah. I could make that song sound like it's pretty good? You make uh, it. You, you know. make it almost palatable. Finally, what, <laughs> do you, what do you got for me? Number two, good and bad. Number two, bad. Look, this chart has all those bands I looked at as a joke, like a flock of seagulls and wow, 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 and the like. But the song that actually annoyed me most out of all of the offering from that group of one-hit wonders. Was Poison Arrow ABC? Oh, Poison. yeah. But anyhow, so that's my three. Too bad. Yep. Oh, that's awful. That song. Well said, Fanny. They freaking come out dressed like Dick Van Dyke in freaking Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's supposed to be a rock and roll band. Shoot that Poison Arrow and the dreadful film clip. Bunch of pretty boys dressed up like Dick Van Dyke. They can go and. <laughs> But I mean that in a positive and constructive way. Okay. My number two good is Eagle Rock. Shouldn't be in these cars. I can't work out what it's doing back in there. And it is on it's on the wizard label and that's it. I I just it's um I'm scratching my head as to why it was there. I'm sure someone will enlighten a Ken Francis or someone, please enlighten us as to why it was up there again. I don't remember it when I was in Melbourne in eighty two being back up in there. I, I could enlighten you if you'd allow me to talk, Kev. <laughs> you got your funny ass. Go on, what? That was when Ross Wilson's sex tape came out, and um, <laughs> naturally the song bumped right back uh, into the chart. Thank you, Brian. But I'm done. Yeah, good. My number, my number uh, two in the uh, in the bad stakes. Um, yeah. Oh, look, there's a few that I could pick from. There's there's quite a few here. Bow wow wow. I would have happily put them in, but I'll let you have them. I'll go with this one. It's a god-awful song, this. I had to listen to it today. It tried really hard to be one of those smooth kind of almost Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck, Michael Boltony type thing with the, you know, cool lyrics about bogey and bacall. But Key Largo by Bertie Higgins, what a piece of shit that was when you have, actually have a proper listen to it back in, uh, you know, with a bit of hindsight. So that gets my number two in the bad and my number two in the good uh, again, uh, well, I'm going to go with Finey, but not not with uh, Eagle Rock. I'm going to go with No Time by Mondo Rock because I really like that song. Oh, good song. I always enjoyed it. Uh, it used to be standing joke around the the, the, the traps. The, the crowd used to get into the start of it and where he'd go, hey hey whatever it was Ross actually sings. Save the, the whale. The, uh, between Save the Whale and Try Arnott's Sayo. Was what I heard. <laughs> I heard one uh, the, was at the Chevron one night, and uh, the, he, he goes, "We're going to do no time." And the crowd started, "Try on it, say oh, try on it." And Ross just pissed himself laughing, and they went on with it. But it was uh, a good little song, no time. So, I'm, do I'm, you know? Do you know who started all that? Try on it, say oh stuff. No, James Ryan. Oh, really? <laughs> he did the backing vocals and, of course, nobody could understand a freaking word, but anyway, there you go. Uh, there you go. All right, number one, Mr Mannix, what are you going to throw at me for your good and your bad? Well, look, I've got a keen eye on number 17, Kev. Keen eye on number 17. Oh, what an awful song. Rhythm of oh. the Jungle by The Quick. Well, look, the only thing good that's called The Quick is that 
stuff you stick in your milk and you stir it around. Um, the quick were just dreadful always. And this is no exception. They've well, no, actually, I shouldn't say that. The, the quicker a dreadful band, and they've used, they've lived up to their usual standard <laughs> with this one. And um, once again, it falls way short. Uh, you know, like you know, you have got a lot of drugs, and you're getting a root. I guess it's probably okay. But for those of that that weren't drugged up and getting a root. Absolutely dreadful, a waste of our time, a waste of our space. You know, I didn't even want to dance to it because the beat was too fast. How so, did we ever do a late night radio show together, Mannix, uh, live on air when, <laughs> when we were well, doing, used yeah, to have you on at midnight? How did we ever do that? Given well, your... I think it were a bit more flexible, and I had it a trying day. I spent <laughs> probably $150 in the bath to um, compensate my $100 ticket to um, Queensland. It's, you know. It's the most expensive it's... airline ticket to Queensland in the history of mankind, the way you're going. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so that's that's my uh, – Number two bad, is it? No, number, number one, one. Number one bad. Yeah, I was surprised oh, you didn't. Yeah. I was surprised Goody Two Shoes didn't get in there. Uh, that, uh, well, I'm amazing. sure somebody else will take care of that's that. That's all right. I'll fix that up for you if we need to. Uh, and number one good. My number one good is number fourteen. It isn't. I bet it isn't. But no, let's, it's not. Oh, I will sell it. Don't worry. Hold me what by is it? hold me by Fleetwood Mac. You sure don't want to pick another number? I'd go, I'd go the supplementary number if I was you. No, no, no. You want me to go the supplementary? I'm quite happy to talk about Holt. No, I reckon go the supplementary. You know where I'm going to go if we go with Fleetwood Mac, don't you? Yeah, I think so. We're going to be talking about where, blowing coke. Yeah, uh, up, yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. Right, yep, okay. Yep. All right, okay. So the supplementary would be number 21. Ah, you've, you've, you've hit one. You've hit one. All right. This is this is the uh, straight off the middle of Tiger Woods uh, Fairway Wood, and it is "When the War Is Over" by Cold Chisel. Oh, can you get a better song? You know, I actually do this better when I'm not looking at the chart. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> it's about as now, much when sense. the war is over, and you know, we remember we spoke to Mark Opie, mm. and he was coming in to do circus animals, and he's going, "Look, this is." Great, we've got some great songs, but we don't have a single. And then they went and saw them play, and I think, was it the drummer that wrote it? Yeah, Stephen Presswich wrote it. Yeah, and he wrote that, and I think Flame Trees, yes, which John Walker helped him with. Yep. And they were the two big singles, and Marco Pitts was going, thank you, thank you. Finally, we've got a single here. Now we've got something we can really frickin' make a great album because they had lots of great songs but nothing that jumped out as a single. And I remember calling Mark Opitz and saying, look, you want to check out their song called When the War Is Over? And he said, it sounds terrible. I said, no, you've got to go and check this out. And he didn't want to, but I forced him to. And then Mark went and saw it and said, rang me back and said, Brian, you're right. It's going to be the first single or the second. Yep. Spot on. So really, well I feel I feel you know personally involved in the success of this song, and once again, instinctively, I knew it was there. You sound like about five different radio people I work with during the eighties, <laughs> who, who all claimed all claimed that they uh, you know were uh, directly responsible for a band picking a particular song and making it a hit single. 
It was all there doing. Well, um, we, I remember John Farnham. I had a bung toilet. He was the only plumber I knew. Yeah. And I said, John, can you come over here and fix the dunny? Yes. Good. Okay. And he, and he, hold that hold right. that story while we get to Farney because I want to hear his number one good because this is the one I've been hanging out all day once he sent me the text saying that he's that he's really excited about all right, all right. one okay, of the songs on this on chart. Too much. I'm sorry. Right. We do it at 9 o'clock. It's Shit happens, Ken. Yes. You've got to understand that. Okay. Num- number one bad, number one good, Finey. What do we got? Number one bad, I'm going to take the honour of Goody Two Shoes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Being quiet now. When we are, when this country is overrun and, you know, we, we, we become deceptive, they're going to say, you are inferior people because in 1982 you allowed Goody Tushu to get the number one in the chart. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is a good. That's a good enough reason. I'm with you. Uh, and the number one good. Come on, what is it? Well, I, this is the best song we've had. We've been doing the charts. It is radio by the members. It is such a good song. It actually got covered by Duck Sauce, and they're a good dance out of the US. They did a version of radio. Do you do you know the song? The 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 who who do you say did the version of it? Well, Duck Sauce did uh, did a a version of it as a dance track. But I mean, the members' version is even better. It's you know, I listen to the radio. It's a real good dance hit still today. It is such a get up and move and drive song. I love radio by the members. It's got um, it's got that- a lot of really great little horn pieces in it as well. It's a proper get up and feel good song. It's the kind of song I reckon um, if, if Jojo Zepp and the Falcons had done that song, it would have been massive. Great track. Yep. What do you reckon, Brian? Brian's just – I've lost Brian for some reason. I uh, don't know why, but uh, that beeping noise you heard was Brian um, filing out of uh, of that. I don't know whether he's run out of – he's probably run out of phone knowing Brian. My number one good, and we'll wrap this up, uh, my number one good, my number one bad, my number one good – as I said, there's nothing in here that really kind of got to me, but I, I've always loved "Only You" by Yazoo, so I'm going to give that uh, my uh, my jumper for the uh, the number one spot. I, I like "Cheap Trick," "Love Eagle Rock," uh, "When the War Is Over," another great song. "Monkey Gripper" would I easily would have put that in there. I like like Swanee's "Lady, What's Your Name," but I'll give it to Yazoo. "Only You" and my number one bad. Got a few to pick from here, but I'm going to go with Girl Crazy by uh, Hot Chocolate. We mentioned Errol Brown last week on the show. This song sounds like Errol Brown was gelded before they did it because <laughs> the man who did – hang on, here we go. This will be interesting. The man who did uh, Emma, Emmeline and, and great Hot Chocolate songs like that sounds like he'd been gelded when they did this song, Girl Crazy. It's just awful. And he sounds – he's right up in the high register as opposed to the – the lower register, which I'm used to him in. Uh, welcome back, Brian. Thank you very much. What song was that? Girl Crazy. Yeah, my, the one I, 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 I the, loses me completely is Girl Crazy. Yep. Well, who's it by? Hot Chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they've song. got some great songs, but this is not their best. No, absolutely. And Finey's number one song, Good, was uh, uh, Radio by the Members. Is that the one that. Um, Listen to the oh, radio. Listen to the radio. Yeah, good song. Good yeah. song. Real good. Well yeah, done, Finey. Uh, I like it. Now, we've lost Finey. Got you back, but now all three of us are going to disappear because that is the end of uh, Rock and Roll for this week. We've done it under trying conditions. 
technically and and, <laughs> ge- and not only technically but uh, geographically and uh, and all sorts of things. But we've got it done and uh, we hope you've enjoyed it and we'll talk to you next week when I'll have a chart of a totally different kind for us to uh, dissect. Not a, well, music, not a music chart. Oh, there's fine. He's back. Well, good. So we're, we're, just, we're saying goodbye and you promise you'll, you'll be in a different uh, state. I really let the show down tonight, haven't I? So let me just say to everybody, yourself and uh, Finey, that um, the best thing I can say right now is I'm sorry. Oh, Brian, take it all teary on us. Uh, Thank you, Finey. Thank you. Uh, We shall shall, uh, gather again next week at the same time and we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy your week, everyone. Wait a minute. Before you sign off, Kev, can we get... Oh, I need to get our little Chinese man to sign up, sign up for us. I know who you are. Don't you come here to waste time on money? You're all getting here for trouble. You here? I do not buy these. If you got that news, buddy. But does he come here by some sombrero? Never. No one. Thank you, Viney. Thank you, Brian. See you, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.